you're off your rocker, you don't know what you're talking about, and then go to the Lord, or years later, discover that they were right on with what they were speaking over me, and remember what, what Pastor Danny spoke on a couple weeks ago, the way, the way you perceive people is what you can receive from them. So if someone comes to you and says, I have a word from the Lord for you, and if you receive them as a prophet, you'll receive the reward that they carry. And it all comes through honor. It all comes through honor. Now, if we come and we have weird words and people, we'll take care of that in private. But we honor the person, right? So I just wanted to say that when we were back there and she was talking about, uh, when she was giving her testimony, I heard this so strong that we're supposed to do it. Um, so increase that gift in us, Lord. Amen? All right, well, I want to, uh, if you open your Bible to Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, um, verses 1 through 3 is where we're going to read. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. <clears throat> and I'm going to not very, talk very long because I'm looking forward to eating some hot dogs and hamburgers or whatever my wife got from the store and Ready to throw some football, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. All right? I'm going to go ahead and start reading it. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Now today I want to I talk just for a short time on what the Lord's speaking to me about this week. And I heard this term come, in, um, come into my head last Sunday during the service. Lay aside every weight and every sin. I heard it very clearly, and so this week I wrote it down. I was like, you know, that may be what I end up speaking on today. So I've fed myself on this all week. And, and I want to just hit on the, the obvious first. Lay aside every sin. That's the obvious thing. The things that are sin, that are outlined, that are wrong by God, that we know are not right. He said, lay those things aside. Stop sinning. When you say that, stop sinning. <laughs> tell your spirit and tell your body, stop sinning. Stop sinning. That's, that's the easy part. Lay aside every weight, every sin that entangles us. Sin entangles us. Um, you, you know, one time we did an, uh, like a little object lesson to, to help just define this. And, and the wages of sin is death. So sickness, disease, crisis, those things are, are roots, the wages of sin, right? They come from being in a fallen world. They come from sin. If we can come to a place where we can cut off sin then we can cut off the, 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 the things that come with sin. Does that make sense? I'm not in any way saying that if you're sick, it's because you're a sinner. Because <laughs> we are in a fallen world. But I do know that if we can cut off the sin from our lives, then we cut off the influence that sin can have, have over our lives. Amen? And so that's the obvious thing. In any church, you expect to hear, lay off the sin that entangles you. That's obvious. That's, we know what's right and what's wrong for the most part. Right? And if we don't know, we claim ignorance of the law. <laughs> I didn't know about it. It can't be wrong. No. But the Lord shows us. And, and as you grow in the Lord, he shows you, hey, this is wrong for you now. It didn't used to be wrong for you. But this is wrong for you now. 
I sense a season coming over myself and even over people here where the Lord's going to ask you to sacrifice things that aren't wrong, but he's just asking you to do it because, because he wants you to. And me choosing not to do it will become a sin that can entangle me. And so that's obvious. Lay aside every sin that entangles you. Who wants to be wrapped up with dirty old sin and the wages of sin? Nobody does. We don't want any part of it. We don't want the wages of sin, uh, the payday that comes with sin. We don't ever want to cash that check, right? We hate that part. Sometimes we fall into the trap. We need to be reminded, stop sinning. So stop sinning, right? Stop sinning, Jared. Tell yourself, stop sinning again. But then the other thing that hit me, this hit me, and this is what I've been looking at all week. Lay aside every weight. Every weight. Every extra thing that you carry that you don't have to carry. Every weight. I love watching Biggest Loser. Anyone else here watch that show, Biggest Loser? That's a great show. What, what I really enjoy, I hate all the drama and the backstabbing and all the, the um, what's that other reality show? that uh, sur, sur, What is it? Survivor. Those tactics that come in there and there's all this, I hate all that stuff. But I love to see them work hard in the gym and I love to see Bob and Jillian just get into them and tell them, work harder, you can do this, don't quit, what's your problem, stop blaming your mama, you know, all that stuff, you know. <laughs> like doing sozos right there on people on, on a Biggest Loser. Like, you know, where is this? Where is this weight issue coming from? And Jillian's always trying to find the root of it. She's performing sozos right there on uh, Biggest Loser. I love the show, but my favorite part is obviously the transformation where you look at what they are and what they were. But I like it when they have those challenges, right? The, the things that they would never have done before that they're going to start doing. <clears throat> and the challenge that get, the, the ones I like the most are when, say, they lost 80 pounds or 100 pounds. And in their challenge, they have to carry the weights on them that were what they used to be. So they lost 80 pounds, and they have to wear this vest, and every stop point they can take one of their vests off, and they can keep running this mile, whatever it is. And it's amazing how when they put that weight that they were carrying all along, when they put it back on their new body, they're like, ah, oh, how did I walk upstairs? How did I do anything with this excess weight on me? And when they take it off, how free they feel and how amazing. And you're in a new body. And yet some of us are trying to add all these weights and put all these things that you're not supposed to carry and it's weighing you down, it's slowing you down. Not all of it's sin. Sometimes it's busyness. Sometimes it's just hobbies that you fill your life with that become a weight to you, that slow you down. And the Lord, I hear the Lord saying to us, yes, yeah, stop sinning. That's obvious. Yes, Lord, we know that. Yes, stop sinning. But I also hear him say, just throw off those weights that aren't made for your new body. You know, I, I became really concerned in the last few years with, with, with some people that I'm associated with, uh, testimonies that came from them. And, and it was about the freedom that comes with, with the cross. And so now there was talks like, oh, it's okay to do this, and it's okay to do that. And so what happened was we were born free, born again. We got our new body. We're made right with Christ. We're a new creation. And then all of a sudden, like, whoa, freedom's awesome. You know what? It's really not bad to do that thing we used to think was sin. Let's just do that. Because we're in grace now, we can handle it. It's not really wrong. Our heart is not to do this thing or evil and this intent. So we can just add these things back to our life. And what we've done is we've done exactly what he told us not to do. It is for freedom. Christ has set you free. So do not, again, be yoked with a burden of slavery. And, and Mandy and I had just discussions, and we talked in the car, and I was like, you know what? I'm not looking to add things to my life. I'm looking at throwing things off of my life. 
this, this new grace thing that came over the church, all of a sudden we're like, oh, what can we add? I can watch this movie I couldn't watch before, and I can drink this that I couldn't drink before, and I can do this that I couldn't do before. Oh, isn't grace awesome? And we started adding all this stuff to us, and it wasn't made for our new body. And I was telling her, I would much rather start throwing more stuff off and becoming more lean and becoming more aerodynamic and more like, you know, a, a sprinter than to add all this bulk and all this stuff that's just useless. And our culture is submersed with just stretching yourself beyond limits. It is the American culture. It's the American way. Spend more than you have. Stay up later than you should. Eat more than you're supposed to. Always biggie-size everything, whether you want it or not. <laughs> right? They don't even ask you anymore. They just give you the biggest fries that they have or biggest drink that they have. Right? And their medium now is like jumbo back in the 50s. <laughs> Everything's excess. Oh, give me more, give me more, give me more. And what happens is, maybe it's not wrong, maybe it's not sin, but it slows us down. It takes up our time. It takes up our mental capacities. I started thinking about, I love Facebook and I love the social networks, but I found myself addicted to checking Facebook. <laughs> is Facebook evil? No, it's a wonderful invention to connect with people around the world and tell them how Jesus loves them. <laughs> no. Facebook is fun to connect with people. It's a social thing. I love it. But, man, all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I'm spending way too much time checking Facebook and telling people that I just ate a quarter pounder or whatever. It doesn't matter. Just to tell people what I'm doing. And it's useless. And Twitter comes out. And now you can sync them together. And you can follow Rain Wilson and actors and, and people from, from famous people. And you can hear what they ate and what social event they're going to that night. And... And you, we spend all our time just adding stuff and adding weights here and adding stuff there. And before you know it, we're like, man, we can't do what we want to do. And our body can't do what it was created to do. And all it comes from, not from sin, but just from weights. Just from excess. And, and you know, we had a good talk. Matilda and I were talking yesterday. Just the American culture, it's just, there's such a pull in the American culture. Where, where people that move from other countries, when they move here, a lot of, if they were raised in a godly home, they're afraid when they move here that their children are going to walk away from the Lord. If they're raised in a real close family atmosphere, like, like a lot of the Latin cultures, real tight Hispanic cultures, they're real tight in their families, right? They move here, and a lot of them are afraid that they're going to be fragmented and, and separated, and the family's not going to become important anymore. Or the cultures that they were raised with that were important to their family, they're going to be lost on the American culture. Because there's a constant pull. We're submersed in American culture. Advertising, music, television, everywhere we go, it's just pulling at us. And all it's, everything it's telling us is more, more, more. You can have more for less. Yep, that's cool. I think it's my phone interfering. You can have more, have more, have more, have more, add more. Oh, come on, you can, you can go seven days a week and be okay. You can, you can take your kids to this practice and kids to this practice and you can run here and you can go there and you can do this and you can do that and you can be totally fine. You'll sleep well and I don't worry. The more you work, the better you sleep. And you find out you're juggling schedules in your head and you're, when you go to sleep and all you're thinking about is, okay, I got to get my son's uh, food ready for his school tomorrow and they have a play and I got to bring $9 and I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to pay for the, their uniform and get them ready for their Thanksgiving uh, powwow that they're going to have at school and, and you're running through all the stuff that's not bad stuff. They're not bad. It's not evil. 
Oh, before I go to church today, I got to run to Tom Thumb and get me a steak or get me hot dogs or get me hamburgers so we can have a cookout. And I got to bring a change of clothes. This is what I was thinking this morning. I got to bring a change of clothes because I don't want to get all sweaty. I want to be able to throw the football. I want to be able to run and get dirty like a little kid, right? And as I'm thinking all this, not evil stuff, but it clogs your mind. It takes up your time, right? And I hear the Lord saying to us, throw off every weight. Just throw it off. If the Lord didn't initiate it in your life, then you don't need it. If the Lord didn't initiate something or spark a need inside of you for something, then you don't need it, whether it's good or not. The Lord is wanting to bring us as a people back to a very intimate relationship with him where we consult him about our lives. How, how, what a novel idea. We ask God what he thinks about our lives. Lord, is this a good decision? Do you think we should do this? Lord, should I add this thing to my schedule? Should I add this second job on the side? Yeah, I need the money, but is this the job I need to add? Will it take up too much time here, or will it free me up? Is this a weight, or is this a thing from you, Lord? In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, 29 and 30, Matthew 11, Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30, he says, are you tired? And I'm going to read from the message because they just say it real poetically. and It's like Socrates and I don't know, it just makes you think. Are you tired, worn out? Are you burned out on religious exercise? Then come to me. This is Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. He says, if you're tired, you're worn out, you're burned out on religious exercise, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. And I even add in the Jared Patterson version, you'll rediscover life. Just get away with me and you'll rediscover life. You'll recover who you're supposed to be. Right? He says, I'll show you how to take, how to have real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do things. And here's my favorite part. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Grace has a natural um, rhythm to it that's not forced. Right? I will not lay anything heavy on you or that doesn't fit you well. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. Other, other versions says, my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So come to me if you're tired, if you're weary, if you're worn out with life, if all the things that you've added have made you tired, even religious things, if they've made you tired, come to me. I'll teach you a whole new way of doing things. I'll teach you the new rhythms of grace that aren't forced, but they're natural. I'll show you how to really do stuff. And then I won't put anything on you that doesn't fit you or that's heavy. Everything I give you will be fit perfectly for you. There's not one size fits all. There's not the small, medium, large. I will fit stuff specifically for you that will make you the most streamlined to be the most effective, to rest the best. This is what the Lord's saying to us today. Don't burden yourself down with so many things of the cares of life. Amen? So let us lay aside every weight, lay aside every sin. And remember, the, the rest of that says, fix your eyes on Jesus. And then verse 3 in Hebrews 12, I want to close with this. He said, he endured 
opposition from sinful men so that you won't grow weary and tired. It's so important that we learn this. You know, when I was younger, when, you, when you're younger, your schedule, you, you try to go every night. I, I, I remember a time in our life where every night I wanted to be doing something. It was volleyball this night. It was baseball this night. It was basketball this night. It was let's go out to eat for some Cajun food this night. It was movie night this night. And then Saturday we had, then Saturday and Sunday we had religious things, right? And every night of the week was full of something, filled up completely. And if I was sitting around the house, I was bored and I was like, what am I going to do? Right? Well, I think I'll check Facebook or I'll check MySpace and see who's up to anybody. Anybody bored tonight? You want to go do something? I can't just sit at home and rest. Or I'll veg out on the couch and watch TV or movies or whatever. We would just fill our schedule so full. There was no room for rest. There was no room for God. And it became such a weight. And it didn't fit me well. It doesn't fit us well. We were not made to do everything. You weren't made to be in every club and to, do, to do, be on every committee at your kid's school, or whatever it is. I'm just throwing out stuff that's just probably doesn't hit any of us, but we know what they mean. <laughs> we weren't made to do everything, to be at everything. We were made to be with the Father. When we're with Him, then He'll initiate what we're supposed to do and where we're supposed to go. It doesn't take away the disciplines, because discipline is so important. It teaches us perseverance. It teaches us how to, it trains our, our spirit, our mind, and our body, the disciplines of, of Christianity. I'm not talking about throwing away our disciplines. I'm talking about the excess things, the carry-on baggage, the excess stuff. Amen? Come to him. His yoke, I want to read it again from the message. Ah, oh, this is my favorite. I love it. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religious exercise? Come to me and get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to have real rest. Walk with me. And work with me. Watch how I do things. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. How many want that? To live freely and lightly. Why don't you go ahead and stand? He wants us to come to a place where we don't want anything that he doesn't initiate. You know, Matt Redman wrote one of my favorite songs. It's called Gifted Response. And basically he's saying in the song, you initiate, we respond. And that's really how it is. The creator initiates and we respond to him. And we have to learn that, the balance of that in our life. He initiates, we respond. And so I want you right now, just real quietly before we pray corporately, I want you to search your heart and say, Lord, is there anything in me that's excess? Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's an obvious thing. Yeah, I need to stop that. It's just excess. I don't need to do that in my life. I really don't need it. It doesn't make me better. I'm at that place right now with, with, with sodas, with Dr. Pepper, public confession. I used to never drink water, literally. I would only drink water if I was at a sporting event and I grab a bottle of water or Gatorade. I would drink Dr. Pepper nonstop. People used to laugh um, at, at the other church and say that, that if I ever got put in the hospital, they'd hook an IV of Dr. Pepper up to me, you know? <laughs> Um, that most people are, they're 55% water, well, I was like 50% Dr. Pepper. You know, if you, if you squeeze me or cut me, Dr. Pepper would come out. That's all I would drink, and it's so unhealthy and so not good for me, and I've made, I've made a change. I'm saying it's not necessary to drink Dr. Pepper. There is, no, there is no health benefit for drinking Dr. Pepper. 
There's no financial benefit for drinking Dr. Pepper. How much money could I have saved on the 12-pack of Dr. Pepper I drink every day or every other day? I'm not lying. I was an addict. <laughs> I had to go to AA, but it was DA, Dr. Pepper's Anonymous. I don't know, whatever it was. I had to go. <laughs> hey, obviously I have no notes. This is, this is the idiot on the fly guy. <laughs> And, and that's just the easy example that I'll tell you about. There are other things that are just, I don't need. The thing on the horizon for me is television. It's on the horizon because I haven't embraced it yet. <laughs> I like to watch TV. I'm not a movie goer. I don't really go to movies. But I like TV. I like my heroes. And I like my fringe. Yeah? And I like criminal minds and lie to me. And I can add like 25 other things that I have to record and watch whenever I'm ready. That I, and that's not counting the three-hour sporting events that I like to watch. So what does your pastor do? He watches television. <laughs> Thank God for DVR where you can fast forward through commercials and makes the game a lot shorter. Right? I can't watch a live game anymore. I'm like, I'm trying to fast forward through the live game. So that's an excess. Do I really need to spend that much time doing this? Public confession here. Spotlight's on me. This is confessional. There's a thing here between I'm telling you. <laughs> but it's an excess. Thank you. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> but do you have anything that you would be open to say, Lord, this is excess for me? It could be unhealthy for you. It could be just taking up your time, your energy. So I want you right now just to stop and think, all right? Just ask the Lord, Lord, show me. Turn your spotlight on me and search me. Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would come and search us and show us. Amen. Now we'll stop so our minds don't wander into other thinking, right? Now the key is to live in that place right there. Lord, search me. Through the week, Lord, is there anything I've added on that's excess that's not letting me run the way you want me to run, that's not allowing me to be streamlined the way I need to be streamlined? And so live in that place, and I just want us to make a place, an altar. If your heart's not right with God, right now is the time for you where you're at to say, Lord, forgive me for my sin, come into my heart, and he'll take care of the rest. When he comes and lives inside of here, he makes the outside look as beautiful as the inside, right? He just does. It's a process that we're all going through. We're all going to end up just like him. Everyone in this room, you're on the same path and process I'm on. We're on a path to become like God. So we're all there. So he, he knows how to do it. It's from the inside out. So ask him in your heart. If things are distant between you and him, make things right. But the main focus I want us to do is just worry out, kneel down and repent of excess, of the American way of excess, more, 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 and say, Lord, I want to be streamlined. And I only, I only want to add back to myself the things you initiate, all right? Will you ju just do that? We're going to put some light worship on, and I'm not going to pray from here until the very end, and we'll just spend some time with the Lord.